0: Assalamu warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Welcome to the Cambridge Islamic College podcast. It has been narrated in Sahih Muslim that the Prophet Muhammad said, Whenever some people gather in one of Allah's houses to recite the Book of Allah and study it among themselves, then calmness descends upon them. The angels surround them, mercy covers them, and Allah mentions them to those who are with Him. And some of the most recited verses of the Holy Quran are from the last chapter. These verses are some of the first to be taught to children and new Muslims, as well as recited regularly in congregation. So, what better way for us to launch Cambridge Islamic College's podcast channel than with Sheikh Muhammad Akram Nadwi's tafsir of Juzamma? It is often said that tafsir requires knowledge and understanding of all of the Islamic sciences and not just knowledge of the Arabic language. Sheikh Akram expertly deciphers the intricacies of these surahs and in his unique and inimitable manner makes them relatable so without further ado let's begin this journey
1: rahim alhamdulillah rabbi alalameen was salatu was salamu ala rasuli muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in amma ba'd fa a'udhu billahi minash shaitani rjeem rahim huwa alladhi ba'atha fil ummiyyina rasulan minhum yatluu alayhim ayatihi wa yuzakkihim wa yu'allimuhum alkitaba wal hikma wa in kanu min qablu so, my dear brothers and sisters, <clears throat> before doing the tafsir of uh, Surah al uh, I would like to explain one important word in that surah, and that is the word taskia. In this surah, you will see very soon, inshallah, when I explain when I do tafsir, that the purpose of uh, uh, the message of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi is uh, that the people get taskia. That that is the purpose, the main purpose of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam's message. The main purpose of the Qur'an, the main purpose of the guidance is that people get tazkiyah. In the surah before that, in Surah Al-Nazi'at, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has commanded the Prophet Musa Al-Islam that go to Fir'aun uh, you know, and explain to him. So why? Because if you go to the uh, to Fir'aun, then the Qur'an says, hal laka ila an Go to Fir'aun because Fir'aun has exceeded all the limits and then ask him for Tazkiyah. Do you want to do your Tazkiyah? You can see the message of Musa al-Islam is same as the message of Prophet Muhammad Both are concerned for tashkia, that people must get their Tazkiyah. If you look actually at the, you know, the beginning of Islam, Ibrahim when he made dua, O oh Allah, oh Allah send among my descendants a messenger, and then he said, وَيُعَلِّمُهُمْ الْكِتَابَ وَالْحِكْمَةَ وَيُزَكِّيهِمْ And a messenger, when he comes, he reads to the people, your verse teaches them the book and the wisdom, and does he, their task. And then Allah Suhata responded to the dua of Ibrahim A.S. and said, He is the one, Allah is the one, who sent among the people a messenger from them, who reads to the people, their uh, verse of Allah Suhata'ala and does their tazkiyah, and teaches them the book and the wisdom. And then the Quran says, again, in many surahs that like the word has been used, like in Surah Al-A'la, Quran says, قَدْ أَفْلَحَ مَنْ تَزَكَّىٰ Those people who do Tazkiyah, they are successful. And who are they? Those who remember the name of their Lord and do the prayers. And then the Quran said, but you people, you prefer this world, the life of this world, while the life of hereafter, that is better and more permanent. And then the Qur'an says, this is in the early scriptures, the scriptures of Musa and Ibrahim. Again, uh, the Qur'an says in another surah, surah to shams Those people who purified themselves, who did tazkiyah, they are successful. And those people who did not do tazkiyah, they are failure, they, they have failed. So you can see actually the main emphasis has been in the Qur'an that people must do tazkiyah. What tazkiyah means? Tazkiyah is coming from the Arabic word root Zai, kaf, Waw Zaka, Yasku, Zakatan Zaka, Yasku, Zakatan Zai, kaf, Waw Zaka Zaka Yasku in Arabic language means To be clean, to be pure And it also means to grow Meaning it when something has been cleaned And purified Then it grows Like garden, you know, when you clean your garden are you know and, and cut trees properly and the branches, then it grows. Similarly, your farms. When people, you know, clean things and purify them, then the growth comes properly. So you can see that you know, cleaning, or purifying, and also growth both are connected to each other. That why zakat basically means both. Like when you pay zakat, you know, one term you know, zakat charity. What happens? You you give some money, but when you give your money, it actually does two things for you. It makes your rest of the money clean. It makes everything that you have got. You know, people have got like you have got one thousand pounds, and then now you pay twenty five pounds in the path of Allah as zakat, so now your rest of your money has become pure, and not only pure, now it will grow. Allah will give barakah and blessing. It will grow. So this money will do actually more things for you than what you have expected from your one thousand pound. So cleaning and, and and growth both are very much connected. So this is the meaning of the word zakat. Zakat means to clean, to purify, and then to grow. Why Ibrahim had made this dua? That oh Allah send a messenger who purified the people, who clean the people, who does taskiyah. Why he made this dua? And not only he made this dua, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accepted the dua, and he said that I send a messenger who is going to do taskiyah, who is going to clean the people, purify them. The only difference is Ibrahim al-Islam made the word Tazkiyah at the end of the dua. Ibrahim al-Islam said, "Oh Allah send a messenger who reads to the people your verses and who teaches them the book and the wisdom and who does their task, who purifies them. When Allah accepted the dua, Allah said, Allah sent a messenger who reads his verses and he purifies them, he does Tazkiyah and then Allah said, he teaches them the book and the wisdom. So the word Tazkiyah, which was at the end in the Dua of Ibrahim A.S., it became in the middle when Allah accepted the Dua, responded to it. So very anyway, well understand, this is properly, the Tazkiyah is actually the main purpose of the Dua of Ibrahim A.S. He wants actually a messenger who can come and clean the people. When Musa A.S. came, he did the same thing. Musa purpose was to clean people, to purify them. When Muhammad sallallahu came, he had the same purpose, to clean the people, to purify them. And then the Quran said in Surah Allah, ala that that actually has been already mentioned in earlier scriptures. To so keep in mind Tazkiyah, Tazkiyah is the main thing. But why it is that you know when Ibrahim Al-Islam asked Allah, he used the word Tazkiyah. But when Ibrahim Al-Islam commands his own people, he does not command them Tazkiyah. What he said, Ibrahim islam said to his, his the Quran said, Ibrahim al-Islam made a will He made a wasiya to all his descendants And in that wasiyah he said O my children inna Allah has O my children Allah has chosen for you the deen And in very clearly And then Ibrahim said illa You don't die But with Islam So when Ibrahim commands his own people He does not use the word taskiyah. But when he, when he asked Allah, he used the word Tashkiyah. What is the difference? difference basically is that Allah has done all the favor upon the people. And because of that favors, all the favors what people needed to thank Him and to listen to Him, to surrender to Him and to obey Him, That is Islam. So people's duty towards uh, to their Lord is what? Islam. Allah did all the favor upon the people and now people have got the duty to thank Him, to recognize Him, to obey Him, to listen to Him and to surrender to Him. So Islam is the people's duty towards the Lord. When people use this Islam, this submission, this obedience to Allah, this Deen, what will they get? They will get Tazkiyah. They will become clean. So basically you can say when you look from the people's angle towards their Lord, their religion is named Islam, submission. When you look from Allah's point that when people listen to Him and surrender themselves, what they will get? Allah purifies them, Allah cleans them. So when we do sajda, when we bow our head in front of our Lord, you know, this is Islam. But because of that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, what He does, He, He gives people something more important. He makes them clean. He makes the purified. So you can see actually Deen has got two names. Deen, while looking from Allah's angle. That is, the people have to worship Him. Tazkiyah, from what you get. So Deen basically is what people do towards their Lord. And Tazkiyah is what people get. So Tazkiyah is the end. Deen and Tazkiyah, they must be connected. Meaning is, when you surrender to your Lord, it must necessarily make you clean. Makes you purified and clean. If people surrender to the Lord, if they have submission and they are not clean, then there is something wrong in, wrong in their submission. When people surrender themselves to the Lord, when they have submission, when they pray, when they pay zakat, when they obey the Lord, it necessarily means that people must become clean, they must become purified, directly connection. So, when, if people surrender to the Lord, And if they are not clean, it means their submission is not proper. It is not proper submission. to keep that connection very clearly. Then inshallah, I'm going to explain that in more detail. This is actually very important. People have Islam, surrender to your Lord, and uh, Allah rewards you by Tazkiyah. So you surrender to to him, you have submission to him, and then he purifies you, he cleans you. You become clean and pure. Now this Deen al it has got certain, certain branches. The first one is, this Deen of Tazkiyah starts with Iman, with Iman. Iman basically means that, uh, I've explained so many times, Iman really is connected with your mind. Meaning is that people in this world, they need to think and they need to understand. Thinking what? Thinking about themselves, about the universe around them, about the Creator and they understand their position in this universe. Iman basically from your mind Thinking properly Understanding When you think properly Understand properly Then you know That Allah is your creator And you have been created And all the favors are coming from him That makes very clear to you That you must thank him And you must listen to him And don't use any favors of your Lord Except as he has commanded you That means that Iman is The simple thing basically is That when you do this then you use the favours of Allah more properly. That's why we always emphasize that whatever Allah has commanded you, that, you know, that is best for you. Whatever He has commanded you, that is something must be best for you. Another one you can say, whatever pleases your Lord, that is, that is best for you. Allah never can command you something which is harmful. So when Allah has done favour upon us without doing anything, now just think really after this favor if you listen to him thank him you know how he's going to harm you You know he's going to reward you so Allah's commands Allah's sharia Allah's religion they are basically in the interest of the people so whatever Allah has commanded you that is the best for you whatever pleases your Lord that is the best for you and that actually the simple thing in this life is if you, everybody wants to have best for themselves everybody wants but people don't know what is best for them if you want to know what is best for you, simple thing is, listen to your Lord. Because whatever he has commanded you, that must be best for you. Whatever pleases him, that must be best for you. People don't know what is best for them. They can be confused because there are so many factors in this world that can make you to, to be distracted. So the only simple way for every simple, single person, every condition is, find out what is the command of your Lord. If you find out that and you do that, that is the best for you. But if you don't look at his command and you want to know what is best for you, you'll be confused. There are so many reasons actually for you to go this direction, that direction. To understand directly what Iman is. Iman basically is that you think properly, understand properly. You know your position in the, in, your, in the universe. You know who your Lord is and you know that you have been made to please him and you also know that what pleases your Lord that must be best for you once you have got this Iman then it necessitates that you must have Islam Iman is from your mind and Islam is from your heart what Islam means once you understood properly that your Lord is the creator He is the commander you must obey Him you must listen to Him once you have known this thing then it necessitates you that you must surrender to Him you must have full submission to Him then you must act, act upon his guidance. Iman leads to Islam. That's very clear. We ask, there's a big connection. That's why you can see sometime in the Sunnah, in the Hadith, you know, the word Iman has been used and the meaning is Islam. Sometimes the word Islam has been used and the meaning is Iman because both of them are connected. It's impossible that you discover him from your mind and then you don't surrender to him. It's impossible. Once you know who your Lord is, you must surrender to him. And that you also can see from the life of Ibrahim Islam, Because he is the Imam of Iman and Imam of Islam both. He taught people what Iman means and he taught people what Islam means. Because his Iman, no doubt, is so, uh, so clear. You know, inshallah, I'm going to soon uh, teach uh, you know, you know, in Cardiff about Ibrahim Islam. Simple thing is I- I- Ibrahim Ibrahim's Iman is that Ibrahim learned Lament how to look at every single thing without a curtain. People look at the things while they have curtain on their eyes, wears on their eyes. Ibrahim al-Islam has succeeded to remove all the curtains. For example, when you grow up in a society, and you want a success, you look in the term of the tradition and the culture around you. You think if you get a degree in the, from the university, then you get a job, then you know you live uh, properly. Ibrahim al-Islam was successful in removing that curtain of the culture and tradition. His father was a priest, but Ibrahim did not look that you know if I follow my fa- father, I become a priest and then money come in my house. No. He actually removed that that curtain and he was free of that. Ibrahim's people used to worship star and moon and sun. Ibrahim easily could follow them, but he removed the you know the curtain of the culture and tradition and the religion of his people, you know, removed all of them. Everybody, when they have son born, they love them and they think really after you know when they become old, the son is going to look after uh, after that person. This is a desire of everybody. Ibrahim was successful to remove the curtain of the desire. When Allah commanded him to sacrifice the son, he has no hesitation to sacrifice him. To so iman basically means you remove all the curtains from your eye. Curtains of the desire, curtains of the culture, curtains of the tradition, curtains of all the religions curtains of your thinking and mind, all the and think it. Look at the things properly as they are. That's your iman. Once you get that iman, then basically next step will be once you have found your Lord, like Ibrahim Alislam You know, after you know breaking all the idols and after looking at the star and the moon and the sun and making very clear, La I do not love those who disappear after making all that clear. What Ibrahim said, Inni wajjahtu wajiyah. You know, I now I have turned my face to the Creator. So once you know your iman properly, it makes obligatory upon you that you must surrender yourself to the command of your Lord. Islam comes. Uh, you get iman and then Islam comes. When Islam comes, Islam has got many details. The prayer, the zakat, the hajj, you know, these are pillars, you know, the fasting, and many, many things that how you live in the life. One part of Islam also is Sharia, the laws. Allah SWT also has given the people the laws. It is very important. Laws of Allah, SWT, the Sharia is very important. In every society, when a society developed, people after a while, they make laws. It is very important, why? Because if you don't make Sharia, if you don't make laws, because laws are like path. If, if you don't make a path properly, what will happen actually is, either people will not move, because there's no path, or people will make their own path. Imagine if there's no path, you're going somewhere and there's no path around you. What will happen? Either you stop, you don't move, or you'll make your own path. That danger. When there's no sharia, what will happen actually people will not walk on the path of Allah? Because there's no path, they have excuse. Out everybody will make their own path. Then they will be misguided. That's why sharia is important. Allah made the sharia. Like for example, imagine really, had there been no motorways, you know, no these small roads, no streets. And you further now is free to drive your car any anywhere you want. Can you drive? If there is no path, you can't You have to make your path. Allah ta'ala made such a big fear upon the people that He made paths for them. He made a motorway. He made all the roads. So people can walk. You know it it, it helps you. That was Sharia. Sharia basically has come to help you, to you know, to make the roads for you, path for, for, for you properly, you can walk. So keep that in mind. Sharia is very necessary for this Islam. Submission to Allah never can be complete without walking on the path of the Sharia, because without the Sharia, people never can move. Because there's no way to move. If there's no motorway, no roads, and you've got the car, you can't move. Or oh, everybody else, everybody has to make their own path. Can you imagine people, making their own path? Then how many paths will be there? Everybody will think, oh, "I should go this direction, that, that easier one." How many paths will be there? Allah did a mercy upon the people that he made the path. Actually, and Allah makes this a favor for in, in the Quran. When he mentioned that Allah has complete, complete his favor. So is sharia is the favor from your Lord. He made the path for you. Now, for example, when you are to have marriage, how to marry? People have a desire for the sex, for the relation. But how? Allah made the Sharia. That you know, when you have desire, easy way, you know, get married. And provide accommodation, expenses, and these are the rights, and these are the duties. Follow them, and you can live together, and then your family. It made it easier for you. The Sharia has made everything easier for you. Part of the Sharia also is those laws which have come to defend Islam, to protect Islam. So for example, Islam, one of the sh- part of Sharia is people should not do adultery. They should not do zina. The part of the but the thing is, still you can see, that, you know, not everybody listen to Allah properly. There are some people, sometimes out of their desire, they will commit sin. What well, if you leave them, then many, many people fo- follow them. Then basically Sharia has no meaning. If people are allowed to not to follow the Sharia, the Sharia has no meaning. If people are allowed to break the laws, laws have no meaning. So that why only laws have meaning. If the people who break the law, you can have harsh punishment for them. So then everybody follows the law. So you can see Islamic laws are not difficult, Islam never has any difficult law. But Islam is tough against the people who break the law. If you look actually, not doing zina is easy, not stealing is easy, Islam commands you don't steal, Islam commands you don't do zina it's not difficult, it's an easy thing. But when people break the law, easy law, and they follow the desire, then Islam comes with harsh punishment, and those punishments very often we call them a uh, hudud. You know these punishments; they have come there. They are very necessary for the people. So this is the order, basically. You have deen, and deen actually starts with iman, and iman leads you to Islam, and Islam has got many branches, and one of them is Sharia, and Sharia basically are you know, as you kind of imagine, very important for the people because it is your path. If you don't have Sharia, you can't walk, or you have everybody has to make their own path. And one part of Sharia is also hudud and law of the, of the punishment. Now understand really, even if you have a path, is the path the end or means? When people have made the motorways, are the motorways the end or, or they are the means? They are the means. Now we understand properly, Sharia is not an end, Sharia is a means. Is it clear? Sharia basically is a means to your Islam. Your Islam only can be submission when you walk through the path of Sharia. But Sharia is not the end. Meaning is if people follow Islamic law properly, but not to please their Lord, not to have submission to Him, just basically they really Islamic path makes it easier to make more money. Islamic path makes it to live in this world more peacefully and to enjoy the life. Allah is not going to be pleased with you if you use the Sharia for that purpose. Sharia is not the end. Sharia the means Sharia must make you to surrender to your Lord Sharia must help you to purify you That I am said actually that, you know, Another name of deen is taskiyah. Meaning is for every single thing that you do You have to look properly What Tazkiyah you get If you have Iman Think really how Iman has helped you Helped you to purify and clean you When you move to the step of Islam Look properly how Islam has Helped you to purify and clean you when you follow Sharia, look a while, stop, stop word. think really that when I follow Sharia, how it helps me, how it makes me more clean. Because Sharia is not the end. Sharia is not the end. End basically your Iman. And to please your Lord, that actually is the end. Every single thing has been made as a means. To keep that in mind. Now, next thing is this whole thing Iman, Islam, and then Sharia and whatever Hudud. These things they must be applied in a space. You need space for that. You can't do, you can't have Iman without a space. You cannot be Islam without a space. You cannot have Sharia without a space. You need a space for that. What the space actually is, I made these circles. The first step is space basically for everybody you yourself. Meaning is your religion, Allah, it starts with you. People must apply the Iman to themselves individually. Everybody, I look at myself how much Iman I've got and how that Iman helps me to be, have Taskia. Once uh, I have got this space, the next step actually to move with your own family. The Allah Sahota commanded the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, and their Ashira the messenger, wore your close relative. So after you have applied the Iman and Islam and Sharia to yourself. The next duty that you have got actually is you must apply that to your family. After your family, the bigger space for you is now people around you. In the Quranic term, you know, that is used in certain words. Sometimes the Quran will say neighbors, you have to look after your neighbors. The Hadith also said sometimes to be orphans, widows, people who are poor, people who are ill, people who are deprived in the, uh, 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 around you, you have to look after them. The Quran uses the word in you know, orphans, widows, neighbors, you know, poor people, miskin, people in need, you know, you have to look after your family, you have to look after them, you have to spend on. That is something very often in modern world, You we call, uh, uh, use the word society. But the word society never has been used you know, in the Quran, Sunnah reason basically is uh, because Islam does not want uh, to bring uh, into make an entity which basically becomes uh, like you know non-human because when you say the word is society it actually what is a non-human and Islam wants to make actually people connected with the human to your neighbors you know your orphans poor people these people that people anyway we don't mind if you use the word society so after your family your next space is the society after you have got the society that it could be that believers, they also got a, get a state, they get power, they have a state. That is your next space. The people the minimum space is you yourself. The next one is your family. The next one is people around you, your neighbors, poor people, that next space. space. And then the bigger space is the state. How Islam starts? Islam always starts with you, with individuals. Because individuals basically are like the bricks in the building. Once the bricks are sound proper, then the building will be sound and proper. So every individual should be concerned to get Iman and Islam and the Sharia properly. After that, next step is space in the family. And for example, if somebody has no family, you can't say his Islam is not complete. Your Islam is complete when you apply your Islam in the space that is available to you. So for example, if somebody is there and he has no father, and the Quran commands the people: You must look after your parent. And somebody is grown up, and you know his parent died when he was very young. Can you say that his Islam is incomplete because he cannot look after his parent? No, because that space is not given to him. Your Islam only can be incomplete when you are given a space and you don't use the space properly. You don't apply the space properly Islam to that space. So, for example, if you have a parent then it is obligatory upon you that you must listen to them, you must obey them, you must take care of them. Then your Islam is complete. But if you don't have parent, then you don't have obligation to understand this properly. You don't need really to create parent for, for you, not an obligation upon you. Understand this is properly. Islamic command is apply Islam in the space available to you. You don't need to make your space. Space is given to you by Allah Taala, and whatever space you get apply Islam there. First your Islam, space is you, yourself. Apply there. Next one is your family. Your father, your mother, your children, your wife. But if you don't have any wife then your Islam is still complete. Your Islam only will be incomplete if you have a wife and then you don't look after her. You don't provide accommodation to her. You don't provide expenses to her. Then your Islam is complete Incomplete. But if you have no wife, then fine. You can't say that, you know, it's obligatory for me, necessarily must get wife. If you have children, then you must look after them and you must, you know, teach them properly. Or if you have no children, your Islam is still complete. Islam does not command you that you must get children. You know, it's in Allah's hand. Similarly, if you have parents, you know, you have to look after them. You apply Islam to that wider space. But if you have no parent, how can you apply is it clear? Understand this is properly, space are given to you by Allah SWT, and you have to apply this Islam in that order to that space. First yourself, then your family, then your society, and then the state. If Muslims don't have a society, for somehow, you know, if somebody is living in a place where there actually nothing is there, so then fine, then you can remain as you are. If you have given a society, but not a state, you don't have power. Then Allah will not actually your Islam is still complete. Allah will not ask you that di, why didn't you cut the hand of the thieves? Because cutting the hand of the thief actually needs more than that. It needs the power. You know, it needs the power, and it also needs the people to steal. If nobody steals, can you cut the hand of the people? And you say, oh, see, nobody steals, so even we cannot implement the command of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala on the thieves. So we must create thieves in the society. So we can cut their hand. No. If nobody steals, you know your Islam is complete. But if people steal but you don't have the power, still your Islam is complete because you don't have power. If you have power, then you can cut their hand. Understand this thing properly, directly how, th- how things are. And actually it, it it will help you to understand one thing properly: that if you look in the lives of all the messengers, the Prophet, all the messengers and the prophets basically came to establish your relation with your creator, with Allah. None, duty as a prophet never has been primarily, never has been to establish any social system or economic system or political system. The prophets didn't come to establish any social order or any political order or any economic system. They didn't come for that. What they come actually to establish your relation with your Lord. But when your space grows, then the, the command will grow. When the space keep growing, the command will keep growing. If you have parent, they will say, you look after your parent. Once you get married and you get children, they will command you, you must look after them. When your space keeps growing, then things which make your relationship stronger with your Lord will keep growing. Understand this properly. If somebody has got a parent, they must look after them. If your parent have died, then there's no obligation. So as long as your space keeps growing, then the, you must actually make effort to apply commands of your Lord to that growing space. If your space is narrow, then the commands will be applied to that narrow space you are not required by your Lord to increase your space space is given by Him and you have to apply that space, that Islam in that space keep that in mind now the thing is this is Deen Iman, Islam, Sharia, and Hudud and all those things and the end result is Tazkiyah when people apply the Deen they get Tazkiyah where they apply in a space and a space is you then bigger space is your family then bigger space is your society, and the bigger space is your state. That basically, and also keep that in mind, prophets basically came to establish your relation with the creator. They did not, came, did not come to establish a social order, a social system, or economic system, or political system. Though society, politics, and economics has been part of the religion, but they did not come primarily to establish that. It has been part of the religion. Now, the thing really is, that there have been two extremes to understand this whole thing. One extreme, extreme I call you know, spiritual uh, movements, and the second extreme has been the Muslim political movements. These two extremes have been in, in, in this matter. What is the spiritual, uh, extreme, uh, uh, spiritual movements? What their extreme is? Their extreme has been they always have been emphasizing on you, on the individual. Apply Islam to your individual life. Even if you have got uh, bigger space. Even if you've got society, you've got family, you've got the state, but they always have been focusing on what? On individuals. That is basically narrowing the space when Allah already has made the space bigger. That is big misunderstanding of Allah's religion. You know, when people have got the society, it is your command, your command of your Lord that you must look after the orphans, after the deprived people, after the poor people. You must actually establish the, you know, justice in the society, the command of your Lord. You have got a good society, a big society, and still you are focusing on yourself individually. That is misunderstanding of your religion. That is basically making the space too narrow for no reason. That is extremism of Sufi people and, you know, and the spiritual movement. All the time, even if Muslims have got power, Muslims have got a big society, whatever they've got, always the their focus has been individuals. Just, you know, ibadah, five times prayer, this thing and that, not more than that. That is one extreme because not understand the space properly. The second ex- extreme actually is the political, Muslim political movement. What they have been doing really, they think really, whatever space you have got, you must actually make effort to bring a political, you know, a political system. Without the political system, Islam never can be established properly. That's another mistake. You know, people basically even don't have proper imam. They don't have Islam in their own life. People don't actually look after their family properly. And you are thinking only they can do this once they get a political system if they get political system it will be same problem they are already corrupted they will corrupt the whole political system because if they don't have iman islam in their individual life if they don't have iman islam in their second space of family if they don't have iman islam in the in the society how can you imagine when they get the power everything will find how can you imagine and you can see muslims now have got enough power in more than 50 countries what is happening Do you think, really, that Muslims in living in those countries, in their Iman-Islam, they are better than those countries where Muslims have no power? No, you can, you can compare. It is not, because the thing really is, because even in those countries where Muslims are in minority, they have enough space. Like, for example, you live in this country, in this country, basically, more than 90% of space is controlled by you, not by, by, by the political power. Nine, more than 90% of space. In this country, you can complain that Muslims don't have power. Look in the reality, 90% of space is controlled by you. Nobody can interfere, no state, no power. If you want to pray all the night, nobody can interfere. If you want to establish the prayer, nobody interfere. If you want to establish the zakat, nobody interfere. In Hajj, nobody interfere. If you want to fast, nobody interfere. If you want to be good with your wife, nobody interfere. If you, if you want not to steal, nobody is going to teach you to steal. Nobody is going to force you to steal. If you want to be honest, nobody forces you to not to be honest. If you don't want to lie, nobody forces you to lie. 90% of your space in this country, even when Muslims are living in minority, is controlled by them, not by the power. Actually, people don't understand powers control very little. And many people, actually say, I have been discussing, some of my teachers are so very you know, enthusiastic, we must get power. And what one of the claims is, once you get power, then Islam will be easier. Then you control the wider space, then life of a believer becomes easier. This is actually not true. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and understand when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commands people to be good, really he wants difficult condition. In difficult conditions, if people can face, face the test,
0: every test comes to improve you. We hope you enjoyed today's lecture and pray that it will be beneficial to you. Remember to tune in for the next one. For more insightful content in full HD quality on tafsir and other Islamic sciences such as hadith, fiqh, Arabic prose, grammar and morphology as well as Islamic history, female scholarship and much much more, subscribe to our unique streaming platform on www.deepdean.tv. That's D-E-E-P-D-E-E-N.tv. Don't forget to visit www.cambridgeslamiccollege.org and show your support. Please click on the donate button and give whatever you can. Our institution is dependent on the generosity of donors like yourselves.